Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Philip. Thanks for joining us today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Let's take a moment to share with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. A prayer for resurrection hope. Lord God, whose Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, triumphed over the powers of death and prepared us for our place in the new Jerusalem, grant that we, who have this day given thanks for his resurrection, may praise you in that city of which he is the light and where he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. I'm going to read from John 4 today. Um, It's a decent chunk of text, but uh, it's all a good story, so... I urge you to stick with me. Starting in verse 4. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask me for something to drink? For me, a Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, If you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, Give me some water to drink, you'd be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. 
The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know, because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming, and is here, when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who worship him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on the scripture, I'm drawn to how much Jesus' kingdom goes against what we know or accept as common behavior. You can tell by the disciples' reactions in verse 27. They were shocked that he was talking to a woman. It's more than that, though. There are three things about this woman Jesus talks to that flips the culture and the custom on its head. First, she is a Samaritan. There were tensions between Israelites and Samaritans for lots of reasons. One of the biggest was religious tensions. Once, the Samaritans and Israelites were a single people, worshiping God in the same way. However, over time, and due to many factors, more to go in than, than we have time here, religious customs between the two had diverged. Jesus, going against tradition, engaged with this person who believed differently and practiced differently. Some would say believed and practiced wrongly. He doesn't berate her on that perceived wrongness, but instead gladly engages and enlightens her. As they speak about the correct place to worship, it's interesting to note that Jesus doesn't necessarily pick a side in the mountain Jerusalem debate, but pushes past it, saying that true worship will occur in spirit and truth. Her beliefs, however different from those of the true Jews, were not a hindrance to Jesus' engagement with her. Second, the woman was a sinner. What's more, she wasn't just someone who had accidentally told a lie or stole a cookie. As Jesus points out when mentioning the man at her house, this woman is living in habitual sin. She's made a lifestyle out of it. Does that dissuade Jesus from engaging with her? Not at all. It may not seem upright to engage with someone who's you know, in a long-term sinful lifestyle, but that doesn't seem to bother Jesus here. Let's remember another example. Uh, the man Zacchaeus, we often know as like that little man, uh, was a tax collector. In the Roman world, that meant his job involved ripping off his fellow countrymen to fund their oppressors. By any definition, Zacchaeus appeared to be living in habitual sin. And what did Jesus do? Entered into his house, entered his life, and engaged with him. People's sins, even their habitual life-defining sins, don't seem to deter Jesus' engagement. Thirdly, and finally, the woman at the well was... Uh, 
obviously a woman. She was part of a less privileged or restricted class. A woman should not be speaking to this rabbi. Yet it's Jesus who engages her. And not just engages, but has a long, deep discussion with. He talks theology, personal sin, and shares the truth of who he is with her. It wasn't proper. But we can see that Jesus prefers the good and right over the proper. We can see in another story, in Luke 10, there are two images of women. Martha, doing as her culture requires, fulfilling her domestic role in keeping the house, cleaning, cooking, etc. Then Mary acting as a man would, sitting at the feet of and learning from this rabbi, Jesus. When push comes to shove and Martha is upset that her sister was not fulfilling her role or sticking to her class and restrictions, Jesus says that the better thing was to learn from him. Jesus doesn't seem to care what kind of person you are or what restrictions society sets upon you. He wants to engage you and wants you to engage him in return. So, in summary... The person that Jesus met at that well was theologically off, a habitual sinner, and overstepping her cultural bounds. Yet Jesus spoke with her, engaged with her, and shared truth. What happened in the end? We see it in verse 39. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word. She spoke of her encounter with him, and because of her boldness, more people came to Christ. So what can we take from the story? I have two questions for you to ponder today. Do you ever feel like you are unworthy or unlikely to be engaged by Jesus? Do you feel like you don't know the right things or you're restricted by one thing or another? Or, the other way, do you ever see others and feel like they can't meet Jesus? Do you see someone in habitual sin and think that person is unworthy or outside of God's reach? Again, do you think there are things that keeps Jesus away from you or from others?
Let's pray. God, I confess that I often limit you where I should not. You met the woman at the well when society said you shouldn't, so I trust that you can meet me in all of the things that seem to hold me back. Help me to see how much you love us and that you are eager to engage with us and change our lives. Please don't let us put boundaries in place that try to restrict your work because you will meet with people. That includes us, whether we like it or not. Allow us to be part of your story and bring Jesus to those that it looks like, on the surface, we shouldn't even be talking to. Let us be your love and your engagement as we share your truth. Through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.